Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome. I am Christiane Bella and you are listening to Unbuckled. And today I have a impromptu guest. So for those of you who are following the last few episodes of this season, I am just letting them be unbuckled and free. Um, and so my guest today, Matteo. Hello. And I, we met just like a few days ago, like not even a week ago. Um and we got to talking and I was like, these are the kind of conversations, as you know, you know, we have all the time on the show about consent and boundaries and what excites you in life. Um, so, yeah. So here we are and we are going to do the stars safer sex talk for you today live in real time. Um, just, so just a little bit. Vulnerable. Just yeah, just a teeny bit, just like a way to jump in like the deep end. Um so, yes, so this is Unbuckled, and I am Christy Bella, and my guest is Matteo. And I, I love that we actually had to Google this because <laughs> it's been a long time since I taught it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually been a while since I've, like, practiced it because I, you know, with the, the vid, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> there wasn't. There wasn't much going on in my world. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so this is a great opportunity for, um, for everyone to kind of drop in and, uh, see yeah. it, see it in see real it, time. Yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't rehearsed this, so, um, hopefully a mm-hmm. lot of the, the fun awkwardness that often <laughs> is a part of this will, will come through and, and help to, to show people that mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be a deal breaker and that this doesn't have to be unsexy. Yes. So I'm actually going to take a moment to take a couple deep breaths because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we did just like jump into the studio together. So, and you know, you know, I'm a firm believer in this. We, we try to end, you know, episodes with some meditation takeaway, just coming into your body, you know, the layers of intimacy that those pillars, that physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and sexual energy. So just breathing in, letting yourself settle. Exhale out the mouth. Ready yourself to receive. Inhale. Allow yourself to let go. Exhale. One more time. All right. Well, thank you for sharing this space with me. And thank you to all of you who listen, like, and share with your friends, we are going to do Stars Talk. So um, I honestly don't know the background of Stars Talk. Do you know who you do? Yay! Actually, yes. Here we go. Um, I am in from Portland, and mm-hmm. Sex Positive Portland has been teaching the Stars Talk mm-hmm. for many years. As it's evolved and grown, it's taken on several different mm-hmm. iterations. But um, the little bit of the history of the Stars Talk is... It was first put together and presented by Eveline Dacker, who is a doctor Mm -hmm. constantly uh, coming up against 
some of the cultural resistance to having mm-hmm. STI disclosure conversations. Yeah. And in, in the, the coalescence and mm-hmm. formation of a, a sex positive movement in Portland, yeah. of course, that was very uh, important. Mm-hmm. And being responsible about that in shared play yeah. spaces and in erotic themed mm-hmm. events is very important. So um, she wanted something that was easy to remember mm-hmm. and that could could help people get through all of the important stuff quickly without mm-hmm. skipping over any of it. So right. um, it's, it's been taught for about 10 years, and, um, and I've had a chance to, to review it several times with uh, Evelyn and with other people who have studied directly with her. Mm-hmm. And a big, big shout out to her for, for putting yeah. this together and putting so much work into the world. Um, for reference, if you want to find more information about this, you can go to maketimefortheTalk.com. Wonderful. That's great. Yes, maketimefortheTalk.com. I love that. Um, it's Yeah, it's definitely something that's been a part of my work here when I was working with Sex Positive Nashville and in all the creation I've done in, in events is, is, yeah, to have those, like, check-ins. Um, and so we are... We're going to do it. And consent, you know, consent is an ongoing conversation, but this is really a wonderful starter because it does, it goes through not just the, like what I would call like the, the tech side of your, your sex talk about testing and your status and that sort of thing. But it gets into like, what are you, what are you into? Like, what do you like? Like what turns you on? Um, so yeah, so it's, you know, it, it, that's, I think, the the joy or finding the joy back in sex and permission for your pleasure um, comes from that place. If it's not an, an either or, it's an, it's an and. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things that people tend to skip over in rushing past these important steps of connection before jumping into pleasure are some of the safety stuff mm-hmm. that can be a little uncomfortable to talk about at times. And... Also, um, you know, that that idea of informed consent and how it relates to enthusiastic consent, Mm -hmm. that um, if we've got this anxiety in the back of our minds because, like, oh, I didn't really ask all the questions Mm -hmm. I meant to or I didn't really disclose everything I probably should have, Mm -hmm. um, we know that that there's a strong chance that that other shoe is going to drop. And that anxiety is something that we live with a lot because we weren't taught this as kids. Yeah. I think because it's it's such a fear-based idea. It's like, you know, the sex, at least, I you know, growing up in the AIDS, uh, it was like sex could kill you. Yeah. So, like, this this was like a dangerous talk to even have. You know, no one wants to talk about dying uh, in, in conjunction with sex. And so I think it's so important to untangle that and to, to really see where, um, yeah, the judgments of sex and the shame of sex, like, you know, this idea of, of um, almost using the the excuse that you just were caught up in the moment and it was passionate and, you know, you just weren't using your head and, and you're, you know, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, the, it, it, it lays the groundwork to be like, oh, you know, I, you know so I, I got away with it because I just, I couldn't help myself. And, yeah. and it's like, no, like, you, you know, have a presence in your body and, and really have an awareness of what you're engaging in and why and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think that tendency that many of us have 
to compartmentalize mm-hmm. our shame, to compartmentalize our fear. Um, it can lead to poorer conversations, mm-hmm. less less context being communicated. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not always comfortable in the body. And part of sex positivity that I've come to really appreciate is that leaning in to that discomfort yeah. inside of ourselves creates better outcomes mm-hmm. over the longer term. Mm-hmm. And, and really creating a sex positive culture means creating better outcomes mm-hmm. and, and putting our intention towards that. So how have you um, tapped into a distinction between I am not feeling safe and I'm feeling or I'm feeling uncomfortable, right? Because there's those edges of like, this is uncomfortable, but to actually like versus like this is just not. Yeah. 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 Um, well, it's, it's been quite a process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up in a more rural more conservative area of the United States, um, it, it literally was dangerous mm-hmm. to be out, to be out about who I am, mm-hmm. what I like. And so it wasn't just a, a fear of rejection mm-hmm. or you know some of the religious shame that I was brought up yeah. with. There was an actual fear for my physical safety wow. as well as a fear for my life. I mean, I grew up remembering Matthew Shepard mm-hmm. and that was real. That was real. I mean, it's, we still live in that culture. It's shrinking a little, it's a little less accepted, but it's still very much a part of the world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. So creating that distinction within myself has meant consciously engaging with my trauma. Um, Some of the neglect that I experienced around my gender identity, around being able to, you know, speak freely and receive wisdom. Like I didn't have enough of that, not nearly enough. And I think that's an important part of human development. Mm -hmm. So um, part of this has been finding friends that I can talk to and be open and be messy with, because, you know, um, discovering myself and expressing Mm -hmm. myself, it's really easy to be offensive in ways that I don't even Mm -hmm. understand because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit young as like an out queer person. Right. And, and so I've had to do a lot of learning. But, um, you know, like really diving into the body mm. has been fundamental to this. Getting into my lower dantian, my mm. belly space, breathing in there. Trusting my gut brain mm. and learning the nuances within myself. Where like, am I nervous? Am I anxious or, or am I scared? Am I mm-hmm. triggered? Mm-hmm. Because like, it's, it's not even so much about how I am feeling. It's how capable am I of responding from a place of awareness and intention. And if I lose that, it doesn't matter whether or not I was actually safe or unsafe mm-hmm. in a physical or psychological mm-hmm. manner. It, it affects the outcome profoundly of the interaction. And so learning to back off and say like, you know what, I don't think I'm ready to dive into this level um, has provided me with an empowerment to direct my own involvement 
in an interaction mm-hmm. in a way that cares for myself deeply. Because, you know, it's all excitement, right? And so, and then that excitement fragments off into different things. And if you can step back from that charge, whatever you're, you know, like, I don't, I'm, I'm stepping away from the idea that there is any like good or bad. Mm. It's like there's either things we're resisting or we're not resisting. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like that's, you know, this idea that you're saying, I'm just kind of like coming back to, yeah. I love that. And you alluded to this of not having someone to talk to, you know, I think that's so important. Why, why I want to show up, why I encourage other people, you know, showing up and being a space for people to have a conversation with someone who has some frame of reference. You know, we all have our individual paths and situations, but something that just um, is is different than what is typically modeled. And I think that's so important because when you feel like you're the only one, you know, and, and that's, I, I feel like part of the joy of like social media that, you know, mm. we're able to get these stories out um, and these images out to a variety of, of people much easier, much faster. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, if well, I grew up in that pre-era, like I, you know, I didn't grow up with like the internet. So um, yeah. So only hearing like really tragic stories, like you mentioned, Matthew yeah. Shepard. And for those of you who don't know, um, the movie that boys don't cry um, was based mm. on that story. And yeah, it is, uh, it is not something that actually has gone away. I was actually talking to a friend recently and we we're planning to do a fundraiser for um, a group that I love called Launchpad. They're here in Nashville and they house LBGTQ uh, plus youth um, because we still live in a space where, you know, a child is like living their full self, their, their true self. Um, they may have religious parents that, that, you know, leave them homeless rather than uh, shepherd them in. And, <laughs> and I know this is like a, you know, wild segue, but um, let's talk about Christ consciousness. Would you like that? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, because yeah, because we are here in the Bible Belt, and um, and like you said, you you're coming from uh, Portland. Um, you know the the sex positive uh, movement there even was challenging it, and that's a p- pretty progressive space. And so um, so yeah, I you know I love having these conversations here, um, and the idea of unbuckling the Bible Belt because yeah. I believe the Christ consciousness is actually. Um, here in all of us, I believe like this idea of Christ will come back is that he will come back in, in a a ability to see ability to act and do in a certain way that all of us can do. That is this love, this like zero point love, like, like, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that would see, you know, like allow people to be who they are without feeling threatened by someone else. And like, you know, something that is, is how we can actually come together. Cause I was recently reading something that um, the word religion, it came from roots that meant to, um, to circle together, to heal the wound. Like it was like this wound orientated, like how can we come together to heal the wounded? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. So thoughts on Christ consciousness. <laughs> Well, relating it to what we're talking about with Mm -hmm. the stars talk and um, sharing STI status, sharing relationship Mm -hmm. intentions, all of that. Um, Yeah, there's there's a very intellectual Mm -hmm. 
framework that we've cultivated and developed. And um, what I have found is the bridge between my body and Mm -hmm. my mind is the heart. And if there's any way that I'm failing to show up for myself, failing to embody self-love, that finds its way into my conversations and it finds its way into my relationships. So it's, it's a touchy subject. Mm. You know, so many of us, especially in LGBTQIA plus spaces, have deep religious trauma, mm. social rejection, and shame mm. built in and piled on with our, our trauma. Right. And so to bring in the idea of some sort of spiritual mm. or religious component um, it's it's definitely very challenging to the mind if that's where we've retreated yeah. from our body and from our trauma, mm-hmm. if we've retreated into our mind, going into the heart, like all of our trauma starts to come up and beginning to meet that trauma with self-love, with self-acceptance. It is the work. Yeah. It is the work. And we often hear that like, I can't love someone else until I love myself. I don't know if that's entirely true. I think it's sort of like an entirety that like love is something that I cannot experience fully within myself unless I'm able to fully express that love with reverence and consideration and respect and a a deep curiosity and desire to understand the other. Like it's, it's not like love can be pulled apart and put mm-hmm. into these little boxes of like love for other people and love mm-hmm. for myself. It's love. Right, right. Being in that highest expression of love, the, um, you know, the agape mm-hmm. kind of Christ consciousness, it, it's so much more than just like loving and forgiving mm-hmm. people in the way that we talk about it in mainstream culture. Yeah. And, and, it's, it's something that's really beyond words. So, you know, in terms of finding within ourselves, regardless of whether we relate it to Christ or another deity-like mm-hmm. figure or a wise teacher living or times past, what I think is vital to the survival of humanity in the coming decades is being able to engage with our own discomfort Mm. with people who make us uncomfortable, whether it's their views or their presence, the way that they show up, being able to sit with that discomfort within ourselves and find love. Like you mentioned zero point love. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear exactly what that means to you and how that relates to what we're talking about. So I think zero point love is the space where it like before it even had the words for love before like it there was even uh, a, a split off of, of what I would say is like the the consciousness or the beingness that that then it could be moved through because I think love is like a frequency so if, if if there's one space where uh everything we know you know of like sound and and uh vision and everything you know is like 
conjuncted and then it splits off into something that we hear and something that we see and something that we can taste and so on and so forth. Um, like, yeah, love is, is kind of that birth, that zero point love is like that birthplace of all creation before the, somewhere between where the chicken and the egg, like there's something in between that, you know, it's mm. like the chicken doesn't just become the egg and the egg doesn't just become the chicken. There's, there's a third part there. I think some people would call it like maybe the Holy spirit or, um, something to that effect. But yeah, this like, uh, like s space before the, <laughs> before it all began kind of thing. Um, so yeah. So when I think of the idea of being in, like actually acting out of love and moving through this world from this like loving frequency that, that there's this sense of, of trust. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to feel threatened by the different, hmm. right? Like my, I don't feel separate from anything. So then I'm not worried if I see something else that seems different, it doesn't threaten this idea that I am, not all that is and ever was and ever will be, you know, because mm. I think um, I see, I see most religions like preying upon the idea of um, you, you need to come through this way to like get made whole again. Like, like you're mm. already broken, you're missing something. Mm. And I feel like, you know, that is, um, the gift that you can give yourself with this idea of self-love is that there isn't anything missing from you, but yes, we need other people around us. It actually enhances and grows the experience um, of, of engaging with it and playing with it and letting it create new things because you, you have a frequency of, of love moving through you. Um, and so do other people. And then when you, <laughs> you come together, it's really beautiful. But if you're afraid to come together, you know, if you're afraid to, to be yourself, to say, um, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, my grandmother passed away and she, I have wonderful memories of my grandmother, but a very distinct memory is, is shaming me around my, uh, desire to be with women. Mm. And, you know, I was in the shower with a girlfriend of mine. And when I came out, she's like, you are like not allowed to do that. Like that is not okay. Um, and so just having that moment of like, like giving myself permission to mm -hmm. be and trust who I am that like I'm connected to people like there is just people that, you know, whatever their something about their human design makes my human design very excited and happy. And, and <laughs> so I trust that and like trusting that in, mm -hmm. in the face of. Uh, a, you know, a Catholic religion that told me that, you know, this would actually be a punishment and would actually be, yeah. yeah, that I would be cast away. Then I feel like then you're constantly looking for love in this place of, of being cast away of like, please take me in um, and I'll change who I am and I'll, and I'll deny and I'll, I'll betray myself just to try to get a taste yeah. of what I think I'm missing. But it's, it's, you know, it's really... It begins within you. So like yeah. it's, you know, it started. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, we're getting deep. I love it. Okay. We have three minutes till break. So let's, uh, closing thoughts on that. <laughs> mm, mm. Just, you know, that there, there is something ineffable 
that is part of the human experience. It's yeah. beyond description. It's mm -hmm. beyond understanding. And yet, experientially, it can be real. And I've, I've felt that in the church and outside of it. Mm -hmm. And that, that struggle to reconcile mm. this idea that the world must be knowable mm. and that experience must be explainable with experiences that transcend that mm -hmm. and, and the search for something that, that comes from a very real and often tender place within us. Yeah. Um, it's both, I think, our deepest power, that engagement with mm -hmm. the mystery of life. Yeah. And when it's subverted through fear of mm -hmm. punishment, fear of death even, when it's subverted through fear of rejection mm -hmm. and community, excommunication, that it can become one of our deepest wounds as well. Mm. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we're lost forever. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that we can't find healing. There is a growing movement of people mm -hmm. who are finding and sharing healing with one another. And on the other side of that, there's an integration that brings mm -hmm. us to a place of if not painlessness, acceptance mm -hmm. for what this human life is and mm -hmm. all that it has to offer in what might seem or feel good or bad in any moment. Right. Yeah, that to me uh, makes me think of Brene Brown, this idea of, you know, everybody's doing their best. What if we, what if we operated on like everybody is doing their best, you know, and, and that's like this place of compassion that, you know, I'm doing the best job I can to be me. And, you know, we just had that little bit of room that, yeah. And giving each other the benefit of the uh, doubt. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, on that wonderful note, we are going to take a break. I am Christiane Bella and my guest is Matteo. We are talking about the connection. You know, it's all related, spirituality and sexuality, when we're willing to have these conversations candidly and freely. Uh, and really just show up, that's when the magic happens and we get to be vulnerable, which is just such a gift. So thank you for being here and thank you for listening. We will be back in just a moment. Yerby. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcin Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. You 
are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. We are having just an impromptu interview, uh, really a conversation. Um, I have the most incredible gift to have, you know, called in a tribe of people around me, uh, chosen family, and they bring other amazing, incredible people into my life that I get to see what happens. Like, (laughs) this is it. Um, I think it's, I often hear people say how hard it is to meet people as they get older. And I think, you know, it's, it's the willingness to be vulnerable is the willingness to be like, Hey, like, I I don't know you and you might be totally different than who I am, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to meet you with curiosity and see if, you know, if, and what (laughs) we're meant to to do together in this world. Um, So yeah, we are going to dive into the stars conversation which is a wonderful way to break the ice to really just, uh, you know, drop into what your desires are, what your um, status is. And those are challenging conversations. If you're taught to not even talk about sex or think of yourself as a sexual being um, or feel rejected by your spirituality and by that sense of love um, for engaging in, in sexuality. And then, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely like a, a trauma of, growing up in, in that fear-based, like, se- sex can kill you uh, and uh, on so many levels, like you were saying, you know, not just, like, unsafe sex could give you a, a, a disease, but also, like, being myself is, you know, is subject to violence. Um, mm. So, yeah, so I feel like having these conversations is, is part of a ripple healing effect of, you know, making making sex the common conversation, just like, you know, we're like, people want to chit chat about weather or (laughs) or what sports team made goals or something, you know, like that I could like have a conversation and just be like, yeah, I had a great masturbation session last night. It was lovely, you know? Um, And, uh, and, you know, having these, these silly uh, conversations about like the joys of sex and the messiness Mm -hmm. and like, Mm -hmm. you know, that sex is not, um, it's not, any one thing um and we get to be defining it and redefining it for ourselves and engaging with it and playing with it um, Mm -hmm. through these conversations yeah so so i have i have a question for you Um, both of us have been through this before Mm -hmm. and you know in in terms of demonstrating that today Mm -hmm. i'm sure that we're both going to bring a certain level of practice and skill to this what would you say to people who might be taking this in, mm. who are excited to share this with somebody who has never had a consent conversation, right. who's never had an STI disclosure conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how would you advise people to approach the conversation itself right. and getting it started in a good sort of fun and engaging way. Yeah. Um, I think road trips are often a great space to do that or a walk, something where you're moving with your uh, person in like a same direction, but maybe you don't have to make eye contact. So there is like a certain level of like, we're going along. I always encourage um, get consent for the conversation. Like, you know, Hey, are you in a space to talk about something? I have something I'm, I've really been 
thinking about or something I, you know, I was like looking up, or I heard this podcast or like whatever, you know, I saw this thing on Instagram and it made me think of something I'd love to talk to you about. Um, or if you're with somebody like that is very new and you're maybe just like meeting at a bar or something like that, that you're like, Hey, like, you know, it, it just becomes this, um, I'm curious, like, I'm mm. curious, would you be interested? You know, there's things I'd like to, uh, I really enjoy connecting with people. And one of the ways that really helps me to like drop in and connect with people is by doing this. I, um, I encourage you to think about like, you know, how can you share this? How can it be an invitation? Um, and if somebody isn't open to that conversation, then I think that, that to me anyway, in my, you know, that's like a yellow flag moment or red flag moment, even like if we can't even talk about it, like, um, this might be, uh, Oh, like, I don't want to talk about it right now. Or like, I can't talk in, in this setting or, you know, or texting sometimes like people, you know, you can have this conversation via text. Um, so it depends on where, you know, for one night stand versus I want to have this conversation in an elevated way, maybe with a relationship I've been in for a while, but I want to express new turn ons or I want to express new avoids. And it's time for that, like, check in like hey you know mm -hmm. i encourage uh people who've been together to like keep checking in like have a monthly weekly whatever that you know is an ongoing conversation but um but i think just starting the conversation really trying to take um take it to that place of playful curiosity of how like you're inviting somebody to be uh you're interested in someone and you're inviting someone to be interested in in engaging and having this experience um so, so stars, stars, what does it stand for? Dun, 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 dun. It stands for <laughs> your STI um, status and any um, STI disclosure, I guess you would mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Uh, turn ons. The T is for turn ons. The A is for avoids. And we learned the R is for relationship intentions, which is a really good one. Um, and then the last S is for safer sex, like what I would say, like operating, you know, your, your needs and uh, the practical the, side. Yeah. Of and I think this is a good place where, you know, you start to get into um, your yes, no, maybes, you know, because this is this is a good starting ground for like negotiation and understanding, like, you know, seeing. Um, yeah. If, if somebody is like, I'm I'm really. Uh, I don't even know, like into something that I'm just, <laughs> it's hard for me to think of things I'm not into, <laughs> but, uh, but should I meet that person? Um, if somebody was into uh, potty play, I guess, and I, I'm, and they were like, that's a really key piece of my love language. And um, I would probably have to say like, that's a, you know, a disconnect for me. But I think this is an important thing when you're having this conversation that we're not yucking anyone's yum. Like when yeah. someone's like, this turns me on, you're not like, oh, my God. You know, like this is a space to always be respectful, to always allow space to um, and yeah, and, and receive information, um, trusting, you know, that, that no one is like asking you to do, you know, no one is trying to convert you to... <laughs> To something. Yeah. So again, we can embrace, you know, the the unknown, like you were saying earlier, you know, this idea of, of doing something in, in a way that we haven't really seen modeled before and, and that unknown. Speaking of unknowns, yes. um, 
one of the one of the unknowns that often plays into having these conversations is that R towards the end of relationship right. intentions. Um, one of the things that's evolved as this has been taught over the mm-hmm. years in Sex Positive Portland is that um, this is meant to be seen as an easy way to remember mm-hmm. all of the important things, but it is not a mm-hmm. step one, step two, step three mm-hmm. process. That um, it's more of like a checklist and, mm-hmm. and to not bypass any of the important conversations right. before jumping into sex because that's risky. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't really make sense to walk up to a stranger, say in a bar or at church, right? <laughs> and say, well, hi, um, would you be open to a conversation about STI disclosure? Mm-hmm. You know, there, um, in order to keep these mm-hmm. conversations engaging and feeling equitable, mm-hmm. feeling um, like safe, mm-hmm. I think it's important to establish attraction and a shared connection mm-hmm. and a shared direction. Right. So, um, yeah, they started teaching us to um, to start with the relationship intentions and establish that as, as, as a, a basis nice. of connection. Right. And then from that connection mm-hmm. to begin looking at the safety side of things mm-hmm. and after connection and safety have like gone back and forth because we need safety yeah. to feel more connected and we need right. to feel connected to explore what safety can look like yeah. together and co-create yeah. that. Only after that's kind mm-hmm. of built itself up mm-hmm. through these conversations about safer sex, mm-hmm. what turns us on, what to kind of steer away from. And, um, you know, like establishing a shared language as yeah. well. Um, through these conversations, it's not explicit in the checklist, yeah. but if if your way of saying no mm. sounds like a maybe to me, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that I could try to lean into that right. perceived maybe. If if your way of expressing anxiety sounds like excitement to me, right. I might blast past mm-hmm. an opportunity to really listen deeply and express reverence for your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been through those experiences mm-hmm. in the past and they, they get messy and it's very uncomfortable. So like establishing as part of this, yeah. what language we use for consent mm-hmm. and for consent reversal, right. which is a slightly different conversation, yeah. but it's a very yeah. practical part of that safer sex yeah. conversation. Because it's, it's not just about disease or pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It's also about our emotions. Mm -hmm. It's about figuring out how to live with the trauma that we have and experience pleasure that can bring us past our fears. And that's, it's deep, deep stuff. And and some of this is not necessarily first date stuff. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, there's, there's a reason that that we have these conversations mm-hmm. and it is that fundamental connection that we need to, to establish safety mm-hmm. together. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's where there is, you know, there is a difference between uh, at the bar doing some kind of one night stand conversation versus yeah, like a deeper conversation to say um, like you're, you know, I love that you're bringing like trauma resilience and, and into a consent culture um, where, yeah, I could explain that like, Oh, there's, uh, certain uh, smells or certain things that, yeah, that I would want to avoid, you know, and, and get more in detail with something like that. Yeah. Um, 
then you can really, you know, explain that, yeah, if this is happening, if, if, if I freeze and, you know, and like feel spaced out, I'm disassociating. Can you, you know, be mindful? Like, I'm not trying to like, uh, you know, defer responsibility, but, um, but yeah, if there's an awareness of, Hey, like, are you, you know, do we need to check in? Do we need to check in? What, what is mm-hmm. something you see right now? What is something you hear? <laughs> what is your, yeah, then what is your, yeah. like, you know, what I would consider, like, the aftercare or the ongoing care and the, the mm-hmm. those safety techniques, yeah. It's like how, yeah, how do you come in and out of a situation and what, yeah, what does your no look like? Because um, yeah. it can start out even as a yes and then when you change your mind there could be hesitancy. So, that's where it's like, you know, how can I be uh, in my body in a way that I'm enjoying the experience as well as like I'm aware of, you know, I'm, I'm not in a vigilant way, but in a uh, like co-creative way. How am I engaging? Like, where is somebody, yeah, alongside me or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah, so this is an interesting conversation. And I I like the idea of, you know, the relationship intention first, um, because that is something we, we often don't talk about. And then we make these assumptions, you know, um, as, because we're afraid of hearing no, I think is, you know, and so, you know, the more we're able to say like, yeah, that, that no is just a redirection. Yeah. So are we ready to dive in? I think so. Okay. So, Would you, yes, what, what were you thinking? Um, well, I, I happen to have at least a little bit of background mm-hmm. on this from having met you a few days ago. Okay. But right. um, for the sake of the audience, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, uh, what is your relationship status? My relationship status is uh, that of uh, like relationship anarchy meets uh, kitchen table poly. Um, we really, we know each other's, uh, friends and lovers and, and all the people that we're intimate with are, are, um, part of a group that we care about. And, uh, um, but we're ultimately, we're, you know, we honor the sovereignty of ourselves. So we have autonomy over our choices. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I have a primary, uh, um, I try not to use hierarchy language, but I have a domestic partner that I nest with. And, um, yeah, so that is my, my current situation. And then, yes, and then I'm free to, uh, to live my life as I see fit. Um, but I do enjoy the dynamic of, um, my lovers and my friends and my people I'm in relationship with all, um, getting along well. And then Mm. no one has to be besties, but I appreciate, uh, the, uh, the metamore style. (laughs) Yeah. When you're navigating mm-hmm. um, a new partner or a new a new situation mm-hmm. or a renegotiation uh, what kind of agreements do you have with the people in your life um, the main agree- agreement is a conscious uh, untangling if that would need to happen that there's like you know um, steps that go into place to exit out um, so thus like a, uh, a request for like a no no ghosting policy like you know i ask that people when they uh want to exit a relationship like have an exit conversation Hmm. um yeah and then otherwise yeah i ask people you know that they um uh everyone is is also responsible for themselves that they you know they have an awareness of the 
they're showing up to have some kind of self-care practice. Um, and yeah, you know, consent is one. So yeah, so checking in, like I appreciate, you know, and, and ask that there's an ongoing uh, checking in about what's, what plans are or what uh, if a conversation needs to be had. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you've baked in a lot of consideration mm-hmm. practices. Mm-hmm. To, to show one another respect. Yeah. Um, when when a new person is introduced mm-hmm. into your polycule, right. if we can use that word, yeah. um, what what are the disclosure practices? How many mm-hmm. people in your life do you disclose to on a regular basis or in a proactive mm-hmm. way? Uh, when you say disclose, you're referring to uh, STI status. What are you referring to? Oh. Yeah, I'm curious, for instance, mm-hmm. if you met somebody, would you, um, do you have any agreements about disclosing an intention to escalate the physical mm-hmm. intimacy or the emotional intimacy of that relationship before doing so? Um, do you have a no disclosure policy mm-hmm. where like anything goes? I know some people who practice mm-hmm. relationship anarchy mm-hmm. in a way that is very hands-off mm-hmm. and they say, if there's anything that changes for you that affects my safety, I need to know. That's yeah. Beyond mm-hmm. that, I don't even want or need to be right. involved. Right. You know, unless it has the potential to bring me some joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that's what I was trying to allude to in the idea of like if uh, if there needs to be a, a big change, if there needs to be like some kind of like. Uh, but that's a good way to see it, not just as an exodus. But yeah, if there's some sort of shift in a relationship that affects. The, the standard of living that we have co-created together, then I need to like be privy to that information because it it impacts my life. Um, but otherwise, yeah, otherwise you know we're free to to do whatever. And that's an interesting thing. I was actually writing about that uh, yesterday. That because there isn't this demand of like you have to share information. Like we we had a rule a way back where within seventy two hours you had to like evaluate how do I feel about this person? (laughs) What do I expect is going to happen with them? And then like disclose that to say like, Oh, I met somebody and like, I see us being, you know, lovers full time or what, you know, whatever. Like, I think like they're the one, I don't know, you know, like we we should have children together. (laughs) So like whatever things that you come to, um, that, yeah, that you had to like evaluate, assess and like report back. And we, uh, yeah, we took that out of, and and now I mean we have just such great disclosure. That's a good um, conversations where yeah where it's just like oh this is like out of the out of the excitement place out of the like the compersion place of like I'm super excited this is happening yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, this is absolutely mm-hmm. a conversation that I could dive into for three hours mm-hmm. so um, I want to be conscientious yeah, of, the, we... of the time <laughs> but, um, just to touch on a couple other things yeah. um, like around. Uh, relationship status and intentions um, those conversations can include how do you handle NRE mm, right. you know, um, how does that affect your relationships mm-hmm. um, do you have plans for nesting with mm. with somebody what is your community intention mm-hmm. because relationships don't happen in a vacuum right right yeah yes um, these are all great and NRE for those of you uh, who don't know is a new relationship energy which yeah is like the molly of dating the love uh, drug cocktail <laughs> that, yeah. but yes since we um 
since we have about 10 minutes left, we are going to do a super condensed uh, one night stand style. Abbreviated. <laughs> Abbreviated yeah. version. Um, but I love all those questions you asked. I was like, that is really great that when I, um, I start teaching more non-monogamy classes like that is a conversation we'll have to have you yeah. in as a guest speaker for our, our non-monogamy I'd love that um, alright so here we go I'm going to ask you first if you're open uh, what is your STI status mm, mm, mm. well um, I am tested on at least a yearly basis mm -hmm. uh, COVID kind of put a cramp in that but it also put a big cramp in my love life mm -hmm. so to speak and um, and so it's it's been about a year and five months mm -hmm. since the last time I was tested. I do know that I'm HSV one and two positive, mm -hmm. and um, the last time I was tested, nothing else came up. My panels include chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, AIDS, HIV, and um, and I also had a hepatitis screen mm -hmm. the last time I went in and a hep booster. Right. And, um, you know, and I think these are, uh, it's important to know that, like you said, like not all panels just automatically include things. Um, and mm -hmm. HVS uh, one and two is uh, commonly known as herpes right. or people like to say cold sores and cold sores are herpes. And yes, that means that like pretty much all of us have had herpes since we were, little fucking kids. Uh, if your mom had it, you were probably born with it. It's passed on really yeah. easily. Um, and I, I love this, that you're actually saying this because I, um, I like full disclosure, my last episode before this that I recorded on my mm -hmm. own, mm -hmm. I was talking about how in my masturbation fantasy that I had about you um, was having this, <laughs> this conversation being like, oh, I have herpes, you have herpes, yay. <laughs> Right. Everybody has herpes. Uh, <laughs> so, so all of that heartache and pain that I've been through in overcoming my shame around herpes was so that you could manifest me as a partner. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Probably. <laughs> okay, well, I, I accept that. Um, Ditto. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and that's where, sure, if you, you know, you don't have to do it in, in order because um, that being the first question out of the gate might yeah. be a lot. But, like, starting with the relationship one is great because, yeah, it's yeah. like, do we want to even have a one-night stand or, like, we you know. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, or are you, like, becoming part of my uh, commune? <laughs> right, right. Um, oh, we have four minutes. Oh, my goodness. That went by quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I usually save the STI disclosure for a second date. Mm. That's yeah. just become standard for me, yeah. but um, reversing back to you. Yes. Um, so nine months ago, I got tested for, uh, yes, the chlamydia, the syphilis, the uh, HIV AIDS. I think that was it. Gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. Thank you. I was like, I'm missing one. Um, because, yes, because I have uh, oral herpes um, and I have tested both positive and negative for genital herpes. And I just assume I, I probably have it. Uh, um because that's the other tricky thing about testing for that is, uh, yeah. which is why they don't test for it on panels. That Anyways, its that's its own fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was nine months ago. And since then I had uh, one partner where we had um, oral sex, but otherwise I, um, yeah, I don't have any really, uh, I have, uh, oh, I should disclose it. I have, uh, I'm fluid bonded with my uh, nesting par partner, Marcine. We, uh, yeah. 
Um, okay. Three minutes. Let's see if we can do it in three minutes. Okay. <laughs> turn-ons. Ooh, that would take so long. Um, one of my biggest turn-ons is uh, playing uh, with gender play and, like, the extremities of, like, like cocks with, like, frilly panties and, like, mm. things like that. Yeah, it's definitely a big turn-on. I love I love making out as a big turn-on and scratching, like, mm. like, play, like, kind of very, like, primally. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Mm. Uh, my turn-ons include genital stimulation. I'm mm -hmm. a Scorpio. I've learned to be upfront about that. Mm -hmm. um, I love my nipples played with and um, power exchange. Nice. Um, avoids, um, avoid any kind of uh, throat stuff, no kind of like choking or, or mm -hmm. anything. Um, and nothing uh, degrading or vulgar. I don't like to be referred to as like a for me, it's um, no degrading language, um, no spitting, no potty play, no biting, mm -hmm. uh, beyond like very, very light stuff, which can mm -hmm. be fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, relationship, um, the world is my oyster. So I, I, that's definitely a deeper conversation we <laughs> can yeah. have because yeah. we have one minute to close. Okay, just briefly, uh, I yes. am solo poly. Solo poly. Um, there yes. are people I disclose to. Okay after engaging mm -hmm. um i've let one person know that i intended to mm -hmm. explore the possibility of having a, a stars talk with you oh awesome i love that um and safer sex uh yeah i use um condoms with any new lovers and uh just disclose status updates same yeah yeah awesome well there you have it look we did it with 30 seconds to spare oh my god i love it um, and I love you all for listening and I'm so grateful for how life just like unfolds. And so thank you, Mateo, for being on the show with us today. Thank you for having me. Mm. <laughs> and I hope you out there have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy yourselves wherever you are. Love all that you are and appreciate every moment and every breath you get to take because it is a gift and you are magic. Mwah. Mm. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christy Ann Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. Oh,